So some of these companies have gone through all of these uh, experiences. So they've gone through recessions. They've gone through uh, the dot-com bubble, 1999-2000. They've gone through the global financial crisis, 2008-2009. They've gone through the pandemic, yeah, of 2020. And yet they have grown their dividends and continue to pay. So that is a sign of a good quality business. Hello and welcome to Woke Finance, the podcast discussing all things finance and all things finance related. It's your boy and I'm with my co-host, Jax. How are you today? Yo, I'm very good, man. Very well. I uh, just had dinner. I'm um, feeling very blessed. <laughs> a bit bloated, <laughs> but I'm feeling good. <laughs> and I'm looking forward to this uh, episode. Come on, come on, come on, come on. And it's that festive season and it probably still will by the time this episode goes out so just a massive shout out to our listeners wherever you are however you're listening to this we just appreciate you all the time um this is going to be a very quick episode just responding to an article that's um come out recently and it's in relation to investing which for our listeners obviously you know investing um in particular in, in stocks and shares is um, of a particular interest of uh, Jacks and myself as well. And this particular article said, dividend payments look set to hit a record high next year. Shareholders are set to pocket £86 billion in 2023. Jacks, what does this actually mean? Dividend payments look set to hit a record high next year. What does that actually mean? to the everyday individual why is that even important <laughs> yeah so a quick recap dividends are a way for uh companies um to return capital back to their shareholders um it's often paid out of their profits often known as retained earnings um and often yes uh, companies like to reward their shareholders sometimes quarterly sometimes uh semi-annually sometimes yearly they like to pay some of that cash out from their profits and so when we read that dividend payments look set to hit a record high what this is kind of telling me is that companies are still quite profitable um, and they're still generating profits. And yeah, they're not, not only are they actually generating profits, but they're actually increasing their profits too, because to keep up with dividend payments, you have to be a profitable company increasing your profits. Hmm. No, I love that. I love that. And when you say, and so with, what is that basically saying, Jackson? I guess during this time, we've just come through pandemic, we've seen companies go bust and we've seen all sorts of happening to different types of companies. How have these companies, especially if they're saying they're going to hit record highs, they're not just saying they're expecting companies to increase their dividends, but they're literally saying to hit record highs. What, what has this meant for those type of companies during the last few years, which if you were to pick up a newspaper, has been quite terrible for businesses. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I think, um, again, what, what it's really saying is, you know, companies have been able to potentially pass on some of that inflationary pressure, uh, which tends to affect companies' margins because their input costs go up because inflation affects uh, input costs. Uh, and they've been able to, you know, pass that on to consumers. And consumers have been able to actually keep up with that as well. So they've been able to still buy these things which means uh, companies' profits have not been hit as hard as we uh, probably would have thought. But what I think what's also interesting is maybe, I've not delved into any of the data, mm. but kind of uh, kind of using a bit of a guesstimate, um, if I was to really d- dive, you know, dive deep into it, I think 
if I look at some of the companies, and this article was an article uh, written in the UK, by the way, um, a lot of the companies in the UK, particularly in the FTSE um, 100, FTSE 250, but particularly the FTSE 100, are actually companies that are in the energy sector. So companies like uh, BP, Shell, et cetera. Um, and you've got other companies like British Tobacco. These companies, when you look at their... Well, let, let me start off with the energy companies. Uh, the price of oil has skyrocketed mm. this year. So these companies have actually made an, um, you know, a great amount of profits this year. So it doesn't surprise me because they make a, a big part of, let's say, the FTSE, that actually um, dividend payments are rising because they've actually made a lot of profits. So there's that element. And then also remember, as I said earlier, often for a company to be able to pay dividends in the first place, they have to be profitable companies. And a lot of these profitable companies have what we call a wide economic moat um, and a competitive advantage. So they are able to pass on a lot of the kind of inflationary pressure onto consumers. And yeah, they've been able to, you know, potentially even take on market share during you know, times like this, where the smaller companies may not be able to actually do the same thing. So I'm not too surprised. I'm not too surprised at all that uh, dividends are actually going up. Um, of course, it doesn't make sense to the everyday, everyday person when they hear that because, of course, they say recession, inflation, etc. But if you really dive deep into what I've just said, it, do- it doesn't surprise me too much. Hmm. Now, thinking of the everyday retail investor, um, we have gone through, yeah, we, we already know the economic times we've gone through over the last few years, and it's been quite dire. Now, to read a statement like this um, for the everyday investor, when they're thinking about where can they think about um, putting their money into, or maybe learn a bit more in terms of the sectors and type of companies, what does this, I guess, what that's kind of telling investor as opposed to other companies, which may not have the strongest businesses, but maybe a bit more, what, what can I say, popular? Yeah, so 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 what you find um a lot of the time um is we have two schools of thoughts when it comes to retail investors. Mm-hmm. Uh you have those that are kind of uh only interested in growth, mm-hmm. only interested in capital appreciation, and often <laughs> those those growth are expected to happen in a short space of time. Mm-hmm. Um and then you've got some people that are purely just dividend investors as well, who just are much more interested in the cash flow that the stocks uh, provide. Um, but I think what's really important based on your question, PR, is um, during times of turmoil, um, not all companies are affected the same. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's one thing to bear in mind. And I think another thing to bear in mind as well is when you were investing in stocks, um, the essence of, of, of a good investment or a good stock is a business that's uh, a quality business, but you also want to buy that quality business at, at a good price. Mm-hmm. So sometimes when people see stock prices going down, uh, the average retail investor may think that's the sign of a uh, a bad business or business that's not doing very well, which is not something that I preach. I think you know the most important thing is to pay close attention to the fundamentals of that business. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why I actually do like dividend investing. One of the reasons why I like dividend investing is because dividends, um, the raw cash flow that's paid out of the business it's real cash flow. It's real money. It's not based on sentiment. It's not based on um, what people feel about the economy today. It's based on how the business is actually doing because a business cannot pay you a real cash flow if it's not doing very well, right? Mm-hmm. Often during terms of, you know, bad turmoil and business are really struggling, they can cut the dividends or pay you less. 
um, or trim the dividend, or they can postpone it or stop it altogether. So it's also a good guide as to you know whether the business is still doing well, um, and and that's what that's what it is. And I think the people that completely neglect investing in dividend paying stocks, um, I think they should rethink. But I think you know the key thing is to also consider what your objectives are for the long term and what you're trying to achieve. Hmm. No, I love it. I love it. I love you know essentially and do correct me if i'm wrong when a company usually is be is paying dividend and has been increasing it for a significant amount of time it is obviously a decent indicator that that business is obviously a profitable business but a business that is has been growing and fairly stable um it has a significant amount of free cash flow obviously there's a few yeah. things a company can do with that cash flow and paying dividends is one of those things well, absolutely, absolutely, and and you know there are different. There's some groups names given to some dividend-paying companies, mm. and I will name quite a few. So we've heard of things like dividend aristocrats, mm. which are companies that have been growing their dividends and paying their dividends for 25 years. Uh, you've got uh, dividend uh, kings as well. They've been doing it for 50 years, mm. um, and 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 so the key thing with that is, so some of these companies have gone through all of these uh, experiences. So they've gone through recessions. They've gone through uh, the dot-com bubble, 1999-2000. They've gone through the global financial crisis, 2008-2009. They've gone through the pandemic, yeah, of mm. 2020. And yet they have grown their dividends and continue to pay. So that is a sign of a good quality business. That is a sign of a good quality business. Mm. And in the article that we read, PR, it said dividends provide crucial sources of income mm. for pension funds and also for savers as well. So if you are someone who is interested in an income element of, of investing and not just a capital appreciation, it is a great uh, tool to use. It is a great kind of company to invest in, dividend paying stocks. Hmm. Love it, love it, love it, love it, man. And you know what? On, in that article, they did list some of the highest payers in 2022. And these companies are all your big boy companies that have been around for a significant amount of time. Yes, some... Um, oil and gas companies some banks as well pharmaceutical um yeah and uh tech companies as well um well uh, telecommunications and um, but no it's just yeah really interesting to see man so i guess with that in mind Jax, and you just mentioned around you know dividend kings aristocrats etc and i think it's so important to understand how how much of an indicator of a strong business that they are able to increase, not just pay dividends all the time, but actually increase it year on year and how amazing that actually is. Do you want to talk a bit more about if someone wants to say, okay, I'm going to, I don't know, study a bit more about dividend uh, stocks and maybe in due time start investing in them. How is it important is it at getting in at a particular price and at a particular uh, dividend yield as well and watching that build over time for those that don't know too much about dividend investing. Yeah, yeah. So I'll, I'll start off kind of explaining why dividends are important. I think our readers can kind of go back and do some research um, and, and listen or, or read, sorry, about kind of where the S&P returns uh, come from. So go and read and, and what you find is... Um, if you were to look at the S&P total returns, compounded annual growth returns over the past, let's say, 50 years or 100 years, um, look at it without dividends being paid and dividends being reinvested, and then look at it um, with dividends being paid and dividends being reinvested. 
and you would realize that there's a significant difference. Okay. So dividends play a crucial part in a total return of an investment. They do, um, especially when you reinvest and get that real compounding effect going. So there's that to really, really consider. But in terms of, you know, answering your question in terms of, you know, where does the raw power of, of dividend investing come through is, um, you know, we look at some of our favorite investors, the greatest investors of all time, like Warren Buffett, if you look at his portfolio in Berkshire, you realize that 95% of the prof- of the stocks in his portfolio all pay dividends. Mm. And we ask ourselves why. Um, to answer your question regarding kind of the importance you know, of, of, of investing in a good quality business at the right price as well. Mm. The key thing I want to explain is the fact that when you are investing in a business and you pay the price for a certain amount of shares, the key thing to remember is that dividends are paid per share. Dividends are paid per share. So whenever you buy more shares, you get paid more dividends per share. And that's very easy to understand. So if again, 10% every time and every time you get paid at 10%, for example, it's a higher amount, but just for example's sake, um, and you reinvested it back into that business, uh, you're getting more shares. So the next time you get paid 10%, it'll be 10% on more shares. So you get you get that compounding effect really going uh, without actually even you know getting any growth in terms of capital appreciation. So there's that element. But there's a second element that's also extremely powerful, which is, like you said, not only are these companies just paying dividends, they are increasing how many dividends they're paying per share. Okay? So if I buy... Uh, shares in a business today even if i don't reinvest those dividends right as the company is doing better year on year quarter on quarter you know time goes by they are increasing how many uh, dividends they're paying per share so even though i might not have no no more shares i'm getting more dividends anyway Mm. and that's why what happens is over time and this concept can be quite difficult to understand but it really isn't that difficult what happens is over time the yield that you are getting based on the price that you paid is going to be different to the person who's about to buy shares in that company today. Mm. So example, Warren Buffett, if you look at uh, the dividend yield that he gets, which is, you know, the percentage, um, see almost like interest. So let's say a 10% yield means you're going to get 10% return that year. Let's, let's mm. in terms of cash flow. So let's, let's pretend that's what we're using. His yield on Coca-Cola is about 60%, right? So the amount of cash flow he returns or he gets from from Coca-Cola based on today's stock price is about 60%. But the key word to watch, I said, is today's stock price, Mm. right? Because he bought the shares many years ago, right? So his yield on cost, another key phrase, his yield on cost is completely different to someone who's about to buy the shares today. Right, because he bought the shares many years ago, and since then the company has been paying more and more dividends per share since that period. Okay, so that's why he can have a very very high dividend yield, um, because he bought it so long ago. And someone who's obviously uh, buying the shares today will have the starting yield today. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what's so powerful about dividends. The earlier you get in, you've got all that time for the shares to be not only accumulating if you're buying more shares and reinvesting but also as the company is becoming more and more profitable they are paying you more and more cash flow per share talk about compound interest man um literally 
just increasing in so many different ways and avenues. But I love that Warren Buffett example, Jax, because it's just, yeah, it's a good example um, to really explain yield on cost. And probably just a reminder that, you know, someone might hear what Warren Buffett is making on Coca-Cola now, but you can't come in to today and then all of a sudden expect to make what he's been making because he got in a long time ago. However, it's a prime example of what can happen in the next few decades as you continue investing, had you bought today, essentially. Yeah, yeah. And, and, I, and I must say, that's my, you know, dividend investing is not short term. Hmm. I think that's what people need to understand. It's not short term at all, especially if you're doing dividend growth investing. Mm -hmm. Now, if you if you are someone who has a lump sum of cash and you want to kind of uh, return some income from the capital that you have, you can, you know, uh, invest in higher yielding stocks that might not grow much. They might not increase their yield on cost, your yield on cost too much, uh, but they will give you your yield for today, let's say a six or seven percent. Uh, you can kind of incorporate that into your portfolio um, and you can start living off some of the income today. That's something that I've actually seen in the professional world. Um, but the great thing about dividend growth investing is all about the next 20 years. Hmm. You know, that's that's what really matters when it comes to dividend growth investing. It's about that yield of cost. Yield of cost is extremely important for hmm. long-term investing, for dividend investing. Uh, but you can also actually live off some of the income today um, if that's what you're looking for as well. Love it, love it, love it. Um, definitely, and and yeah, definitely some um good tips you've thrown in there, and hopefully a few things for our listeners to go away and um and learn a bit more about. So, Jazz, my question to you from this article: dividend payments look set to hit a record high next year. Shareholders set to pocket eighty six billion in two thousand twenty three. For you as a dividend investor, um, which of course I know you are, um, or partly, does this excite you? Oh yeah, of course, of course it excites me. You know, uh, as you said, I, I, I mean, I'm a multitude of different investors, but I do also like, I have a portfolio completely dedicated to investing only dividend paying stocks. Mm. And so, um, what did it say? It said it's, it's, it's rising by uh, at least 8% to 79.1 billion. Mm. Now, uh, I might be getting a, a small section of that. <laughs> Listen, every little helps, well. But every little helps in, in a period like this. So, um, yes, I mean, it, it, it does excite me, not for the short term, but it shows me that even in times of complete turmoil, by investing in a well-diversified portfolio of dividend-paying stocks and businesses, quality businesses that have been able to weather many, many storms, it gives me confidence that I'll be able to weather storms and I will still be able to receive cash flow even in the future, um, let's say closer to when I'm closer to retirement, I could be more comfortable that hey, even in a period where the high inflation exists, so where high inflation exists, where high interest rates exist, where recession is looming large, I'm still pocketing, or or all dividend investors are pocketing about seventy nine point one billion in dividends, a eight percent rise, that gives me confidence. Hmm. Now, um, obviously, every business or anything that we're putting our money into, we have to, of course, do our own research. Is there, from looking at this, Jax, is there any, in your opinion, is there any room for concern when you think of the times we're going into um, or we are, you know, in already? Um, is there a question around, is there a better way that some of these companies can be using some of uh, their their profits given the times we're in so yeah my question is is there any room for caution around that 
Yeah, I think um, every, every company, it, it really depends on a company by company basis, right? Um, you will need to really dive into the company's business model, its current uh, situation, what they're trying to achieve by reading the 10Ks, et cetera, et cetera, to really understand what what's going on with the business and why they continue to pay share, um, you know, continue to pay dividends, sorry. There's always an opportunity cost when it comes to what they can do with their money. They can do share buybacks. They could do a whole bunch of stuff. But generally speaking, uh, most companies... Um, will not companies have don't have to pay dividends let me, let me put it that way they don't have to this is not mandatory right they don't have to but it is in their best interest to especially if they've been doing it for many 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 years um so, so there are some companies potentially that may sh or shouldn't be you know looking to pay excessive amounts of dividends because they can use that cash uh for, you know and add it to the cash power for for rainy days and they can use that money to maybe invest in other businesses etc cetera, etc cetera. So there is that thought, um, but I think for the majority of quality businesses as well, they generate so much cash that they can return, you know, cash to to the shareholder, and still have cash to do other things as well. Mm -hmm. And a key kind of you know metric to 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 notice that to, or to see that is to look at things like the dividend payout ratio. Or here in the UK, we also look at something called a dividend cover. So dividend payout ratio will show you how much of the net income has actually been paid to shareholders as, as a dividend cash. Um, and if it's, let's say, uh, 50%, then you know only half of the profits they're making is going to do the shareholders and they've got another half to do other things with. No, absolutely. And again, on, on that as well, you're able to see, you know, what's um, decent in terms of the sector, in terms of how much companies are, are paying out as well so no that's really good to to hear Jax before I capture any sort of final words from you we're going to do what we normally do and give a shout out to where we're getting new listeners all over the world and today Jax <laughs> even just saying your name this place is uh obviously uh, fairly relevant as well but we're going to be giving a shout out to our new listeners in Paris Paris, okay. Paris, so <laughs> that's amazing. I mean, we've just finished watching uh, an amazing World Cup. Um, probably the best final I've watched in a World Cup. Yeah, um, yeah. lots of drama and you know commiserations to our French counterparts. It was an amazing final. Um, yeah, really, really good. I mean, I'm not going to say exactly what team I was supporting, but what I would say is I was pretty disappointed that the theme song that was in 20, 2018 didn't come through to 2022. I must say that must be one of my favorite songs I've I've heard. <laughs> the Ale Bleu song. So anyway, <laughs> enough of that. Welcome to the Walk Finance Podcast. You're here with myself, Jack. I have to say properly now. You're here with myself, Jack. Come on, and come on. my co-host, Peter. Um, on this podcast, we talk about uh, all things finance related and all things finance. So also, if you want to know much more about what we kind of do, uh, you can head over to www.walkfinance.co.uk sign up to our mailing list um, to hear more about what we're doing and get in touch with us. You can also communicate with us and find us on Instagram. That would be the Woke Finance Team. Come on, come on, come on. A shout out to our listeners over in the capital of France. Much appreciated. Um, and of course, uh, we appreciate all of our listeners all over the world. Keep doing what you're doing, liking, subscribing and all of that good stuff. Jax, man, any final words on this? Yeah, I think the key thing I would remind uh, our listeners is investing is really down to individual objectives. 
time frames and risk tolerance. And the key thing is to keep an open mind and to choose assets that allow you to manifest what you're trying to achieve. And for the majority of people that have long-term horizons, uh, dividend-paying stocks are a great way for you to invest for the long-term. Now, I do hear some people love it. Um, mm-hmm. And I heard that some people really don't like it. And I think mm-hmm. it really doesn't matter whether you like it or not. The key thing is it has to meet your objectives. Mm-hmm. Um, I like the idea of dividend-paying stocks because I remember that Stocks are real businesses. And so when you buy stocks, what you're doing, you're buying a little piece of a real business. And the great thing I like about dividends is the fact that it pays real cash flow. Mm-hmm. It's not something that's based on current sentiment. It's real cash flow that's paid out from profits. And so if you want someone who's investing that wants to actually experience cash returned back to you as a shareholder, if you want to receive what people love to call passive income, then dividend stocks are probably the one number number one passive. If anything's ever passive, mm. uh, dividend stocks are what we call passive income, albeit it does take time. It is not a short-term strategy. It is a very long-term strategy. Uh, it's where you will benefit in decades to come and you will need a decent amount of money and a decent time period for you to really, really feel the benefit of the income element of dividends. But also what I would say is dividend-paying stocks for companies who pay dividends, they are usually quality companies, mature companies, profitable companies. So not only do they just pay dividends, but generally by default, these are often the most competitive companies. So over time, they do actually provide you with decent capital appreciation too. Love it, love it. Win-win on both angles. Now, thanks for that, Jax, man. Always a pleasure. And for hopefully our listeners got quite a lot out of that as well. And particularly if it's a new topic to you, um, hopefully you you learned something as well we do actually um have um uh, an episode um that focused specifically on investing for income through dividends so for our listeners where this might be a bit new for you check out episode 28 which is part one and 29 which is part two um where we go into even a bit more detail around investing for income free dividends but now jats man thank you very much for that always a pleasure man until the next time i remember all stay stay woke <laughs>